Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest-growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now, everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively-made ceramic watches are on sale, too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank. But looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the Movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. It is just a match reaction for Burnley 3, Everton 2. Somehow the Toppies conspired to throw that one away. Another spineless showing, another performance of little mistakes, and the Blues are very much on the brink now. Uh, it's about 10 minutes since the final whistle, lads, but I'm joined by Matt Fluskin and Mark Mosey as well, by the way, but we, about 10 minutes went by there, Mosey, we just didn't really say anything to each other, you know, watching the watching the game and the, the booze with a lot of blues and it was just silence you know it reminded me a little bit of that after that Wolves game where everyone was just sort of like the realisation hit at that point to think that we were in a relegation battle and I think here tonight with this small sample of Evertonians the realisation hit that this this lot are going to go down uh, yeah this is um, this is a fan base that is seldom lost for words let's not forget I mean we we flux between manic praise of our football team when it's probably not justified and absolute hysteria when it is and to be in a to be in a constant state of what I can only describe as emptiness at the moment every time you watch your football team is harrowing um, to, to, that, that last I mean what were we sitting on 52 53 minutes jokingly saying knowing Everton would you take a point against this football team that we look at in Burnley who have not scored prior to tonight in over 400 minutes of competitive football and we've just watched our team let them walk three in against us um, trying to analyse where Everton's weaknesses are at the moment is just comical because they are so abundant that 
even for intricate moments of a football match in which you know we look at the what ultimately led to Burnley's winning goal tonight whether you want to pick the bones out of John Joe Kenny trying to score from 30 yards Ben Godfrey nearly slicing one into his own net from a really poor baseline cross or every player in between those two who is just apparently absent for 40 minutes of the entire football match I mean the biggest summary of Everton this season for me is probably the last eight minutes after Burnley's goal where we impact the game in absolutely no manner whatsoever we don't put any chances on goal there's no aggression there's no urgency there's no hope and and that as you said Matt prior to pressing the record button this, this is something that we ordinarily do the second the final whistle goes because it's raw and it's at the surface and everything that is important to you is is, is ready to, to go to air and ready to be heard by people there's nothing I have to say about Everton that I want to be heard by people because we're lost we, we, we are you know there's no way I even you know I'll, I'll be the dark optimist in any situation and say well watch us go and beat United at the weekend but there's nothing in that squad or nothing about the personnel that are there or the attitude that you require from a team who needs to escape relegation all, all of that isn't there we spoke during the game about you know very dark days of Everton Football Club in terms of trying to keep this team in the league whether you want to go back to 1994 1998 or Sam Allardyce none of those things should ever be mentioned again but you take every single one of them at the moment because the, the character that is needed to grasp some form of hope out of eternal darkness was there and it, it's just absolutely not at the moment we, we've just played what I still maintain will go down as one of the worst Premier League football teams ever in Burnley because that, that, that's not your typical Burnley side coming and bullying us off the park bundling three and from set pieces I appreciate some of them were from set pieces but that, that's not a stereotypical Burnley that we've been beaten by that, that's just a shite football team that have met an even shiter one and that, that's the, the the callous reality of Everton at the moment is that we're, we're just really really bad at this and it, it's hard it's hard to it's hard to accept as an Evertonian it's hard to explain to people who are non-Evertonians about why this is going so wrong because I guarantee at one o'clock on Saturday you'll look at that that, that team sheet and think we've got enough there to do something and how long has it been the case 15-16 games where we've looked at the Everton squad and thought we'll be alright because there's enough there on paper to drag us out of this but as soon as you look into the eyes of one of those players you know be it in person or be it on a TV screen we as we are tonight palace, you? Yeah, we saw it you know all three of us first down the palace and right? we, we spoke about it at the weekend even in, in, in the West Ham game as the the notable level of fear that exists obviously within us because we haven't we have an entitlement after following this team for 30 years to feel that but for all of those professional sportsmen to play with that notable level of anxiety is terrifying and do you know what if, if Frank if Frank Lampard had one job coming into it it, it wasn't to turn these these footballers into suddenly fantastic footballers it was just to recognise the position that we were in and 
the notable characteristic things that were required in order to keep us in this league far less experienced footballers and far shitter managers frankly have and will come into football teams in this league and keep them up and I, I maintain that you know the thing I said about Lam- Frank Lampard when he came in was that if you know regardless of everything that went before him and the, the damage that Benitez did the damage that Mashiri did whoever you want to attribute this to if Frank Lampard takes us down he's done an incredibly poor job and I don't think that any of us around this table could sit here now and, and say that that is incorrect um, that's what your initial thoughts after that mate that last point there yeah I completely agree it's, it's not like he's stepped in for the last 10 games of the season when we're in the relegation zone I mean let it not be forgotten that even after tonight we haven't actually been in the bottom three so if we finish the season in that position yeah you've got to look at the manager but overall tonight I, I, I said to you Mose I would have rather lost that game 3-0 than 3-2 in the manner that we lost it having held the lead and everything it, just, it hurts so much more it stings so much more it's not like I had this overwhelming belief that we could close out the results it's just it's just a different kind of pain now like these last two games I would say we've actually done some stuff like Matt you said on the, the last post match that if it was October we'd be looking for positives we'd be saying you I think know, tonight's different than Sunday in that sense though I know but like but I'll tell you what for that first 10 minutes it looked like a team that was already 2-0 down like they were rabbit in the headlights and the, you know, the first Burnley goal was no surprise at all because they just they came off the kick off just looking like they were already beaten thankfully they managed to drag themselves back up and you know the two I mean how many times we complained this season about referee decisions and stuff and finally we've actually got two pretty stick on ones we've got two penalties and still lost yeah exactly I mean that's quite spectacular I mean we remarked didn't we that at one point we had one shot on target and two goals like that is that's something that Burnley used to do back in the day but yeah it's it, yeah, it's it's difficult to see where we go from here. I'm clutching to the shore of what I said the other night, which is we are capable of being beaten by anyone. So by extension logic, like like you said, one mad win. I mean, that's all we can cling to now because those players beaten beaten 19th by Watford is that a mad win? Because oh, we're, we're the whipping boys. I mean. I, I'm guilty of this as, as I'm sure all of us are listening that you'll look at the fixtures and think well possible win there possible win there do not forget that all of these other teams are looking at Everton thinking that's easy that's an easy turn when, when you've been the worst team in the league since what, October any win is a mad win isn't it <laughs> you know, yeah. you know we're, we're sort of in a position where you know the Newcastle game we beat a team that's 15th 16th in the table 1-0 you know it, it, it was mad circumstances you know t- tonight we've played a team that the only other team in the league that are anywhere near us in terms of yeah. poor form but I think I think what's what stood out with me tonight is that you know Everton the, the, the pressure is on now with this team and this manager if, you know after the West Ham game there was so much said about this game tonight and being a six pointer we joked about Sky picking up the right and all this sort of thing and we knew with the games coming off that the pressure is on here not necessarily to go there and win but don't go there and get beat and there was focus on this team there was pressure on this team there was a hostile environment and 
I think Burnley probably let us off the hook a bit, really, in that first half. You know, we didn't really create anything. We didn't make many chances. They made two stupid decisions in the box, and we get, get into a position where it's two one. And the the, the the mad thing is, is that we seem to have alleviated some of that pressure in the second half. And then John Joe Kenny makes two abysmal decisions in the space of five minutes. One at one end of the pitch, and one at the, the other end of the pitch. And then Ben Godfrey makes another really bad decision in his own penalty area and the pressure is on those players in those little moments and it's, it's like you know it's like going back to what you said at the start Moses. going back to those first seven minutes of the game what did we say was it four times that Everton players under no pressure boosted the ball out of play and what we're seeing now is the team that is not very good has not got much quality has not got much character is not very well coached and overseeing all that now they're under an umbrella of well actually these shit players that are being poorly managed and have got no bottle are under a lot of pressure as well and, think, and, and all of a sudden it's like a, it's like another layer of shite if you, get, yeah. if you get what I mean it's like, it's like another thing that's going to make this result even worse because it's not like Burnley where they're under pressure at home and they'll galvanise themselves and have a bit of a go yeah. the pressure for us is going to, going to hinder them because there's no character and no belief in that side at the moment I think it's, it's very easy for a team like Everton to go on a, a, a sustained run of poor form for 10 or 11 games 3 or 4 months whatever it was but when, when it really gets to the crux of fucking hell you're going down you, you enter a certain number of different stages whereby the last 3 or 4 months don't the last three or four months excuse me don't really matter and I think Newcastle was potentially one of those turning points where it was it was a game in isolation in the Everton really didn't deserve to win anything we obviously got that last minute goal and from then on you expect your team to essentially create an entirely different season whereby we've, we've wasted the momentum from that haven't we not absolutely where, and, you know I know we said at the weekend that momentum is going to be very hard to generate at the moment but that, that was our opportunity with what was it at the time 11 games to go to say well there's 11 games left we're capable of getting for, for argument's sake 11 points creating a, a basement tally of you know, mid to high thirties. That's good enough to write this off as eternal misery. But we are able to keep ourselves in the league tonight. For both sides, was a game whereby everything from the last six or seven months just had to get totally thrown out the window. And but you know, for, for some of these players, I'm not exaggerating. You essentially have to throw everything previous in your entire career out the window oh, yeah. because. The, the, this is it for some of these footballers I know we I don't think they can I honestly don't think they can well we, we, we jest about some of these players who you know who'll stick with us when we go down and who'll move on there'll be a lot of the footballing community globally that looks at this team and thinks don't want anything to do with that and that's players managers you know prospective investors now that we're looking for all of the above everything about that is a car crash that no one wants any form of part of and there was an opportunity there for these players, be it at nil-nil, be it at one-nil down, be it at two-one ahead at half-time against a fucking god-awful football team. There is an opportunity there to say, let's write off everything negative that's happened in the last six or seven months and save this football team. And but they've managed to flush it all down I don't down think the they have it in them. I don't think they have that in their mentality. Like, I don't think holding on to a 2-1 win against Burnley for a whole half of football 
is a success in their minds. Because you have to remember, most of these players we recruited, obviously for massively inflated, inflated fees and wages, in their minds they were chasing Europe. They were chasing Europa League. They don't have that inbuilt mentality for a relegation scrap. They just don't have it. Maybe Salah and Rondo knows, but most of them don't. And I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my face here because the one player on that pitch tonight who looks exactly like the player who's chasing Europe and the player who was dying on the pitch to drag us out is Richarlison. I've never seen nothing like it in an Everton shirt for many years. Like, he was just throwing himself into everything, just trying to drag us over that line. It's an hour more than anyone else. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I definitely get that. And it's an hour more than anyone else. He's just... To that point, I'd throw Anthony Gordon in the mix as well. As, you yeah. know, how many fucking times have we sat here and said, those two players look like the only people who actually are arsed? Which, and we say, we say that dead flippantly about professional footballers, don't we? Like, only two of them look bothered, etc. We, we know that there's a base level of interest from all of these players, but we're taking it to another level at the moment. I mean... I I don't know what's going to happen with Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the summer, but fuck me, watch, watching that as an Evertonian, there's no way I want that part of this football team going forward, regardless of what football, what, what league it's in. Him, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm dragging this back beyond people like John Joe Kenny and Mason Holgate, who we all know. I'm just, are I'm just spotting Holgate there, like his his reaction for that third goal. I mean, the, the third goal, I mean, it's so it's it's just so bad. It's so thank God for he's obviously the nightmare. But you go back to John Joe Kenny having a shot from 30 yards on the edge of the box. But you, you, I mean, thank God for he's made an individual error. But if you look at all the other players there, they just they not one of them has reacted at all. We are lurching everywhere here because the goals. Are Replayed on the screen, but sorry, Mergy, you were talking about. I'm just going to bask in the glow, Kevin. <laughs> but even, even what I'm saying is, even on the surface of the bad players that we know we have, and you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to label Dominic Cavalier as bad because we know there's a footballer in there. But the disinterested footballers that we have, you, you take that back to what Matt said about really poor investments. Oh, I'm, I, I've been able to make a case for players like Abdullah Corey throughout this season because we've, we've seen glimpses of an action sportsman there but when, when you see things like tonight where th- there's an there's an urgency to just kick the ball away as far from his body as possible it's the, the basics I mean we've we've sat here doing post matches and, and pre-game podcasts about giving the opportunity to players who we've gone out and spent money on in transfer windows Vitaly Mikhailenko who looks absolutely terrified to play any form of progressive forward pass the, the, there's just is, is there anything in this team is there any one individual who's capable of saying you need to rise above that resting level of hatred that, it, that they probably quite frankly have for each other at the moment they, they, they can't look around that dressing room and think are any of those players themselves or anyone around them capable of changing this tide Burnley away on a Wednesday night for a game in hand this was our changing of the tide opportunity Dan scored in five five games and he scored three goals he scored three goals and and as I say that's not that's not typical Mike Dean Stockley Park it's really windy shit housery that's happened there. That it was just, quite windy. It was a, it was a bit windy. I'll take that back. But that, that that is that is just Everton being really really poor at football, and that, that's why we're going down because 
you know, you, you can point the finger at poor investments, poor chairman, shit managers, all the rest of it. We are, we are now in a season, 30 games in, 29 games in, whatever it is. We're one of the worst football teams in the country in this division. And, and, and we're still not in the relegation zone. This squad is good enough to maintain that 70 position. For and the if league, they don't... For the league, that, that, that's ridiculous. That it is, been in the absolutely. Zone. It's a terrible league. It's a terrible league. But, it's, uh, but that squad has absolutely no business going down. That is not me saying we're going to be fine. I think it does. That's me saying if they do go down, it's an even greater failure than what we do anticipate. Sin, sin. They, they should be completely and utterly ashamed of themselves. Oh, they should, be, any, they should be anyway, but the, the, I think since Palace for me, the thing that's sort of turned in my head is that this squad, in terms of quality, I think deserves to be where it is as well. Oh, God, because, yeah. Because, you know, you, you both mentioned there Gordon and Richard, so I, I agree both years. Ran the bollocks off tonight, couldn't fault their effort. But the amount of times both of them players got the ball on the counter attack in dangerous positions and the pass was five yards behind, or one of them dallied in possession and didn't, and didn't do the right thing. But don't get me wrong, they're not the biggest culprits in all this, no, this, no. this by any means. But that's the hallmark of a team out of form. But they're, they're, they're the lads you're looking to to sort of create something from, yeah, you know, from out of nothing in these moments. You know, we didn't really create anything tonight. And we had, we had up, you know, a 2-1 a, an adequate football team there maybe even a below adequate football team there sits in against Burnley soaks it up and they get a third on the counter attack and that's it and, 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 and they're absolutely fine we had opportunities there to kill that game I mentioned John Joe Kenny you know hit the ball with his, with his, uh, with his cross over Charleston's in absolutely aches the space the back post Ben Godfrey driving through, passes it to Richardson. He dallies on it. Richardson dallied on it from a corner pass as well. Go forward. The awful, the really poor as well. Listen, we scored two goals tonight, but like I said earlier on, we've been gifted them by really slack, poor defender from Burnley. Go forward. This team creates nothing as well. It, it, it just takes me back to that that Man United tweet with David Moyes there when he said. David Moyes thinks Manchester United need to improve the passing, defending and attacking. It's like, that, that's where we are now. Everything, everything is wrong. And, and listen, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be defeated, but I feel like that's us done now. I, I honestly feel like the way in which that game's gone tonight, with the fixtures that are coming up, it's not done to this time. We've got Manchester United, we've got Chelsea, we've got Leicester twice. We've got Liverpool away. I mean, fucking hell. Anyone out there who's paying actual money to go and watch that game? Fair play to you. And do you know what? From a fixture point of view, and we are in the unfortunate position now where we have to look at Burnley's fixtures. And I'm playing, playing bottom of the league on Sunday. I look at the team there tonight who are capable of going away to Southampton and getting something. They're capable of getting something against Southampton. They've oh, got shit. Wat- they got Norwich now. They, they've got Watford away, a game where I think Burnley will get something. And in an equivalent game that Everton have got, I think, let's just hand them over as a buy you know they they have a resting level of resilience which comes from possibly experience of being this bad year on year well, yeah, but also they, they didn't crumble like we did they, no, they're probably used to being in this situation yeah, yeah, and yeah. they've got a manager who said, yeah. like they've him got or, players who know how to be in a relegation scrap. but more importantly they've got a manager who knows how to do it and Joe I, 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 I mean <laughs> <laughs> just over my shoulder there. I feel sorry for Frank Lampard and do you know what I, I don't no. I, 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 think we're, I think we're that deep into his tenure now where any form of previous has to be thrown out the window because 
we've took on a new manager yes I get it in January that we've lost a very key player but we've you know we've managed to bring a couple in both relatively promising I appreciate we've lost one to injury but we didn't play him for three months so is that really a loss we, we are at the point now in the second half of the season whereby the first half of the season should be totally forgotten about because we, we've seen Everton teams do that haven't we we've seen David Moyes Everton teams progress in the second half of the season we've seen Marco Silva's Everton kick on in the second half of the season it, it, it's not it's not a monumental ask to ask your Everton team or any Premier League team to go on a run of seven or eight games and salvage something and, and develop some form of character about your team. Me? Draw, draw games? Yeah. Get it? Yeah. When was our last draw? I yeah. think our last draw was Chelsea away. And draw games whereby there's an, accepted, there's an acceptance prior to the game that a draw is actually fine. And I appreciate that none of us are saying that on 53 minutes, but... Do you know who is saying that? that now? Do you know who is saying that? The fellow in the other dugout. Yeah. 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 Made a career out of it, a look of them. And again, you know, it, that, that, it, it's not necessarily the most aspirational thing for us all to sit around as Evertonians in January and say, he's your guy. And do you know what? I, I, I lauded Frank Lampard over numerous other contenders for this job, but... This, this is looking like the biggest mistake that this football team could have ever made. Um, you know, we, we, are, we are the fella as Matt Fluss blissfully <laughs> sits by and says, well, you know, our, our biggest and most positive alternative was a, a guy who was coming on Sky Sports News touting himself about. I mean, but no, that, that's only because the club made him the only alternative. Embrace the Barclays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, embrace the Barclays. <laughs> that that is, you know, we're, we're choosing between a rock and a hard place there in teams of who leads this team into the abyss. But there there were better alternatives at that time. No, no, we know that. We we know there were better alternatives who were. Actively sounding out the club, we know this as a, as a trio, like, and it just, yeah, the whole entire recruitment process was bungled. If you can even call it a process, I mean, that that Friday, I still remember that Friday, that X Factor final of we're interviewing everyone and we're going to make a decision tonight, and they still didn't make a decision that night. Even then, it went into overtime. And at, at the same time, Farhad Mashiri was on an unrelated call. Oh, <laughs> to yeah. 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 Uh, just, just hung on the Zoom chat a bit longer. But, do you know what you, you mentioned Mashiri though? And I think tonight just hammered home for me how, how bad it's been under him. You know, we've got a few players out, suspension, injury, and we're fielding a back four of a lad who's not ready for this league in Mikolenko. Well, I think John Joe Kenny, who's never been a novice in Jared Bramfleet and, and Ben Godfrey and we've got one of our other centre, centre-halves in midfield I've got to say I thought Bramfleet was fine I don't think yeah. no I, I don't think he had a particularly good game personally but you know I, was just, I, I think he should be I think he should be playing whenever Yenemir is not fit to be honest but I mean with everything else that's gone on tonight that's kind of like a 14th priority discussion but yeah I, yeah, I think good enough, old enough. I think he's an absolutely fine defender. Um, it would be one of the easiest decisions to make in the team sheet if, 
any buzz with the manager, I think. I think a serious key is fit. He comes straight back in on Saturday. Unfortunately, you're right. But I, I also think whilst we're on the topic of centre-halves, I, I, I honestly don't think it's an over-exaggerated statement to say that the prospects of this team lie on how quickly and how yeah. consistently we can keep Yeri Mina fit. And, I, I, you know, it, it's a very flippant statement to make because it changes every single kick of the football that he is involved, obviously. But I honestly don't think that we lose that game if he's involved. No. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, yeah. You know, be, be, it, be it an attacking presence going forward, be it, be it someone who just keeps his head on his shoulders at the back, probably doesn't slice that ball and then he looks a bit gangly and a bit clumsy at times. But there, there is an assurance about that lad at the back, which Godfrey, Keane, Bramthwaite, not to his discredit because of his age, Holgate in particular, none of those players have that, that maturity to know when your team is really in a backs against the wall situation. And that's why Everton looks so flimsy at the moment because we are a team of boys in a man's football league and what better game and what better teams be shown up in that statement by than Burnley who are pretty poor technically as a football team I appreciate they've added people like Corne and you know a team of men they are a team of very shit men but men nonetheless yeah they are and they, they know what it takes to win not necessarily a 90 minute football match because that's either 18th in the league or 19th or whatever it was but 18. they know how to win their individual battles they know how to scrap in a 10 minute situation where their backs are against the wall they know how to capitalise when they smell fear in an opposition and all of those things Everton are absolutely appalled on that yeah. but even the meaner thing goes to the top for me like you rely on a centre back that's, that's consistently yeah. played 15 games a season you know that's yeah. that, that, that's a fault of the recruitment isn't it and, yeah. and us as fans are now stuck in a situation whereby we know that he is he, he needs shipping off he's broken isn't he immediately because we can't rely on a footballer who's capable of half an hour spells but also I can't live without him because the prospect of having him for three or four games is the only thing that keeps me sane at night when I think about this football team and that that that, that, that chronic instability that we all have mentally when we think about this football team is why we're in a situation where we're in where we can't think four or five days ahead or one or two games ahead because all that really matters is the next five minutes of football that this team plays and other football teams will will smell fear and vulnerability in this side as Sean Dyche has said in his post-match comments do you you want to read that what he's just said after you so so Dyche said at half time I said to his players at half time I'm not sure these know how to win a game away from home lads I mean that that's like our version of it's Spurs isn't it it's it's Tottenham lads yeah I mean well that the horrible thing about reading Sean Dyche's statement after the game is that I really want him to be our manager (laughs) I, 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 I would say if our manager would have gone in at half time and said with conviction and purpose and, and managed to make it materialise over the next 45 minutes I'm not sure that this Burnley side knows how to score two football goals in half a game and look what happened like we said it exactly as the second half commenced me and Numo's said we need to get through this 
55, you said what, 57 minutes. Soak up the pressure, have three calm minutes, we'll be all right. 57 minutes on the dot, they score. They just came out like the clappers and they just ran all over us and we couldn't handle it. Because in that situation, there's no way that Burnley are relying on a sustained period of 20 minute consistent good and attacking football. They're, they're waiting for you to press the self-destruct button. And we, you know, how, how many games a season have we used that phrase whereby Everton are the masters of their own downfall? I mean regardless of what anyone from Everton play you know Seamus Coleman will probably make a statement about tonight having not even gone on the pitch but you know watching Frank Lampard try and come over to the Everton fans I mean not necessarily come over it was half arse compared to what we normally see but try and don't try and G this fan base or this football club anymore it's catch 22 isn't it if they don't come over they get slated come over and just just, I, I, I agree with most this this idea of let's all get behind you know, let, let's keep us about this team you, you accuse them all of having no bollocks the other week what, you know, what, what, what does that do what does that do so the, you, you can't come out after the game and say this lot haven't got the bollocks to play for this football club and then in the same breath come over after the game and go come on let, let's, get be, let's get behind them this lot haven't got the bollocks next game unchanged it, yes, exactly. it undermines it a bit doesn't it yeah. when, you, when you come out and do that yeah. I mean just sad this I think I think we just see him I think that the disheartening thing for me I'm, I'm not putting this all on Frank Lampard because we, we are going back five years in terms of the consistent and progressive mess that Everton Football Club has become but I think I think we all see Frank Lampard now for what he is and that that, that sounds really harsh but football is a harsh business and I think he's been a better cheerleader than a manager really yeah but like Look at the people that he's trying to cheer. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's all bad, you know. Yeah, but I, 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 don't, I don't think because we've got bad players, that necessarily means that he's not. He can't do a bad job as well. But you know, like I said, he's, he's not the biggest. He's not the biggest problem. I, I, I just feel really sad. No, you know, no, we're, we're all sort of like the same age. And, you know, I'm sure there's people who listen to this who have been older than us and have watched Everton and the prospect of us going down was just unfathomable to them back in the 80s. You know, we we were brought up by a generation who absolutely longed, and you know, the the angst that we'll have seen on people of the next generation's face when we go to Wembley and don't quite win, or we're in the run for fourth and we don't quite make it, and they long for a football team that is capable of reaching the levels that you know. I'm I'm, I'm not talking about championships here, you know, as 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 much as people of that generation have seen that we just want something to cling on to from a personable level that makes us proud to actually be involved in this sport and right now I think I think most of us could just totally throw it away and that's you know we won't because we're cursed and we, we all know that the, the, the level of disarray that we've gotten ourselves into by making this blue tint of choice in our lives but as you say Matt to, to, to talk about an Everton team having seen previously terrible Everton teams get out of this situation now be in the situation that we're in has been you know, way, way lower than any of those years 94, 98 and the rest of them it's, it's just 
monumentally bad. And everyone at the football club should be utterly embarrassed, utterly embarrassed of this situation. And it, it, it still feels like, to me, there are people there and there are players there that don't think that this is a real thing yet. And I, that, that sort of came through with Mason Holgate's comments last week in regards yeah. to actually, we'll all, we'll all, look, we'll all look back in you know the end of the season and go, well, we, we were all actually fine. That, that feels like an attitude that's per- that permeates for the entire football. Before I even knew what the score is. Trink's sitting here right now, he knows what score Everton got beat by tonight. Honestly, I'll tell, tell you what, he's, he's not looking into his mate's eyes thinking, fuck me, we're, we're done here. Because it, it, it will never matter that much. And you know, it, we, we all know he's not a lifelong Evertonian. And you know, you, you know we've, we've got one of them who is equally bad at that job and is equally capable of, of leading us to the situation that we're in. But I, I, I didn't want him to come in and be Everton's biggest fan. I, I wanted him to just be an astute businessman who knew the people to higher and the positions in which to put them in in order to create a successful football team and this this all lays at his feet and you know there's so many different levels of you know manager player director of football remember then you know god help the new one who's coming he's currently currently recruiting Who remembers when we had a head of sports medicine? Rafael Benitez's medical team. Kevin Farwell's just on the phone to Jordan Rhodes five times a day. Jordan, fancy coming and knocking around in the championship next year. Will Shane Long take a step down to bring us back up? All all we can cling on to is those moments of jest about what Everton has become and unfortunately that that is what it's become. It's a joke. Uh, we, we, We are the crux of the joke of 19 other football teams in this league and probably 90 other 91 other football teams up and down the country and you know statistically I know we've said it for years that we are the most depressing football team in the land to, to support and I don't think it's ever felt more poignant than right now on a night where we look destined for relegation I think we're going to finish 19th. And that's the Obviously, worrying thing. Yeah. It, it could get worse. We, 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 we have somehow witnessed a team who have not finished a Premier League game week in the relegation zone. This is going to get worse before it gets better. Leicester twice, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United. What, 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 is what, what is there to say that we're not on 34 games with Arsenal away still to play thinking how are we still on 26 points but how many of our points have come against top 6 teams most true, of them to be fair true and, and everything I know about this team means that it's possible that we get beat against Burnley and win against Man United and do you know what that, that might happen this team is just this team is scripted by HBO this, tree, this team is a psychological experiment to torture us. It is. We'll leave it there. Uh, they are torturing us. They torture us every week at the moment. Uh, hard one to do that. Uh, well done to Moses and Matt for speaking so eloquently about this terrible football team packed full of cowards that has been overseen by rudderless direction. It's been an absolute horror of a season. Uh, both the lads have got their heads in their hands here. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do on Saturday. I, I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. I don't know what. Yeah. Get, get behind the lads. Stop it. <laughs> Scream bloody murder.
Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell anyone to get behind this team because they are detestable, to be honest. Um, it's not about getting behind those pathetic excuses for footballers. It's about just getting angry. Just get very angry at the situation. Just shout at some scaffolding. <laughs> there you go. A bit of advice from our force. If you see a building site on the way to Gunnison, go, 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 sir. I mean, if you go, if you go past Bromley Moor, it might not be getting built anyway at this rate, so you may as well, you may as well start knocking that down. Viva um, like here. We do not condone knocking down scaffolding here on the Blue Room, just to be clear. This is uh, very much in jest. But, uh, cheers to the lads for speaking so eloquently. Tough night for everyone there. Uh, but we'll be back again on Saturday at Gunnison in what is surely now a must-win game against Manchester United. <sighs> Take care. Speak to you soon. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store. It's a problem-solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional-grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in-store or at northerntool.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.